The Tangent Egg Podcast is aimed at a mature audience. It contains themes that are not appropriate for all listeners. It's important to note that we are not experts. We routinely have no idea what we're talking about and are just three idiots sitting around a table. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Tangentic Podcast. I'm Seth, and with me is John Doe, but unfortunately not Swoosh. Hello! I'm still here. I'm enough, I swear! <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, it's just some scheduling uh, stuff. Uh, John Doe is going to be moving to a new home soon, so things are a bit... Holy crap, it yeah. is end of the woods right now. So Between, between uh, moving homes and currently on... Uh, Wine vintage to working 12-hour shifts, getting one night off a week. It doesn't sort of line up for everything. So, such is yeah. life. So, tonight it's just uh, just me and John Doe doing the recording, which I'm a little sad about because it's our 104th episode, which means we've officially put out two years worth of weekly content at this point, which, which is, is just insane. This is a hell of an effort. Like... God damn. <laughs> I I would have thought we'd have been lucky if we did 50 episodes when we started doing this. Make it a year's worth, maybe. Not, I would have never said, oh yeah, we'll be recording episode 104. No, I think a lot of that comes down to not specifically chasing a market and like, so we need to do this, we need to do this. Just, we turn up every week yeah. and we talk bullshit about stuff that interests us that we found. And half the time we end up talking about biscuits or video games or books or movies. Like just, it's yeah. closer to three blokes talking bullshit and having a chat than a dedicated news podcast, which I like about it. Yeah. Same here. Um, it's a, it's a thing that I've seen with some, some other, like we've had a recurring guest, um, Oliver Brackenbury. And if you look back across the, the previous two, um, interviews we've done with them, the interview style changes to much more of a conversation. And uh, there might be something coming up uh, middle of next month with him as well. So maybe keep your ears out for that. Yes. But uh, it, we, we have a much more conversational style and I, I like it. It's the thing I like about us. We're not putting on airs or anything. No, no. We, de- we would have talked endlessly about biscuits. We, just in real life. Oh yeah, we, we, would, we would have done like needed to record it. Yeah, weeks on end, just bickies. It's all it takes, bickies. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I know I know everybody says it, but like quite seriously, what you hear is what you get. We're not really that much different if you ever nah. met us in person. No, nah. usually it's just we don't have the article in front of us to talk the bullshit we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only real difference. Pretty much. Currently, we've got reference material. <laughs> But yeah, I don't like it. it, Yeah, I was going to say it's honestly just (laughs) crazy because like we started this with with another friend of ours who unfortunately had to move on to other stuff. And then we tagged Dan in for this and we've just kept going. And quite honestly, man, you were quite an injection of energy. (laughs) Um, Just a just a different direction. That's all it is. Yeah. But like. Two years ago, I was doing vintage, the same, like, in the, the wine industry for very much is when all the grapes come in so we can make all the wine that all the people like to drink. And it's usually 12-hour shifts, and we do a lot of work, 12 hours, six days a week. If you want to pull in some money, go to a vintage. Uh, but doing a vintage and then seeing on Facebook that 
you boys were doing a podcast. Like, oh, fuck it. I'll listen to this thing and see how it goes. And then every week listening to it, and it's like, this was the joke you should have made. This is the thing you should have said. And then texting it to you saying, why did you not say this? When you were- And usually getting back a text message being like, fuck, we should have. <laughs> the- <coughs> Crikey. When you were, were doing the, the pulling the cards for the superhero powers, and it was like, uh, you're a subterranean superhero who moves through tram lines. What would be your favorite meal? And you were like, Rat burgers, like it's Subway, motherfucker. Why did you not say Subway then and there? Like, yeah, it yeah. was just a, an entertaining thing for those first. We actually had a little sec, a little document that Donda used to update with just things he'd found. Yeah, we'd be like, yeah, we'll use this. Yeah, <laughs> just things that like, okay, this is things that I've found that I would like to hear about. Talk about these things. Please, here's some talking points. I want more things. I like listening to you. Of course, when our previous host um, was that no longer able to do the show, Dan was just a natural call-in. Yeah. And then now he's he's a permanent fixture and has been for, uh, what's that? I, I can't 70 say, something episodes, um, 80 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, you're a, I mean, we've said it a bunch of times even on this podcast. We just look forward to talking to each other yeah, each week it, and shooting the shit. Regardless how far this goes, I'd I'd probably still continue doing this every week, whether we're recording it or not, just to catch up and yeah. talk bullshit for a, a night. And Absolutely. It's really good. So we'd also like to thank any of the listeners that are out there because... Oh, 100%. Hey, like, as, as much as we're putting it out here for us to listen to, thank you for listening too. I don't know if I actually know any of you. And if you do, say g'day. But thanks. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Every single person. I don't care if you just put it on in the background and go jack off. But thanks for listening. Yes, well, whatever you like to do with yourself while you're listening to our podcast. Thanks. Cheers. I'm sure, I'm sure Swoosh would say the same thing. But yeah, it's been a pretty fucking awesome two years of talking bullshit and yeah. finding things to talk about actually that's probably the hardest part of it just sitting there yeah. on a lunch break and saying, fuck what's out today and then trying to find articles to send them to the little link say this is what we could talk about because some weeks there is nothing oh when you get to record day and there's nothing in the group chat it's like i gotta fucking find yeah. something we're, we're taking extra there's gotta be something bullshit. out there <laughs> hour and a half of sitting on have you seen anything have you heard anything what have you watched what have you read something please yes or shadow <laughs> <laughs> which is much the same as this week we are very so light on the ground in, so we get into this week's stuff we'll give it a go so, for once, and I am so happy to say this, we're not starting with fucking layoffs. Yay! I'm sure there's more coming. Oh, uh, they probably already happened. They just week, haven't been announced. Yeah. Well, actually, no. Um, I will say there were some that, that did happen. We're just not talking about them. Because it was uh, a group working on a... Deus Ex game that got laid off so the game got cancelled and the the people working on it came out and said this game was in development and 
Now it's not happening anymore because we all got laid off, but there hasn't been an official announcement yet. Well, we'll pick that one up next week. Yeah, no doubt. When official it, numbers. Yeah. And... yeah. So, first up this week, Spec Ops The Line, a very good game, by the yeah. way. If you it's haven't played it, play from... it. That story is amazing. Well, this is the thing. If you don't pick it up pretty quick, you're not going to be able to because it's being removed from all digital storefronts. So far, it's only been pulled from Steam, but, you know, how long before Xbox and GOG lose it as well? Uh, it's getting pulled over music. The licensing agreement the company made for the music that's in the intro and in one of the levels has expired. so They can't sell the game anymore. Which is just weird. You think if you're going to produce media that's going to be out there for a long time, you'd use like you get a license that would last a lot fucking longer. Like, you'd... I mean, when did Spec Ops come out? It's a pretty old game. But on like a flip side, at least it's for like a general reason. Like, oh, we've run out of a license, and not just we don't like the themes of this game, so now it has to go away. Mm. Like. Uh, they're not banning a game uh, like they're trying to ban books. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it came out in 2012. That's it's not a new game. But, 2012, so know, that's 12 year license. Yeah. But uh, hopefully, like, the 2K can at least go back through and maybe patch it with fucking open license music. That would require 2K to care enough. Yeah, that's a fucking long shot right there. It's particularly annoying because Spec Ops, one, it has a fantastic story. And probably some of the um, the best use of imagery uh, I've seen in a game. Uh, one of the ones that's been brought up many times is, for some reason, you're constantly descending. Yeah. The game loves to get you to the ground level and then put you up high again so you can descend again which is, I'm not going to get into the particulars of the game, but it is a certain piece of imagery to do with a descent. Yeah. And the continued levels of it as you play the game. Um, I don't really want to spoil anything. No, no, because if you haven't really played it, game. you really need to play it, because holy fuck, it's awesome. But like, but in the current climate, politically, where war is starting to get a lot more, like, what the fuck is going on here? I really feel like this game has more to tell now than ever. Yeah. But like, even the start of the game, like you're walking past something, there's a billboard and it's like, what does that mean? Like you read what it says, what does that mean? And then like, as you go through, you start seeing more and more billboards that are a little more detailed or a slightly different message. And once you start looking at the story and what's happening, you're like, oh fuck. Like this is a a pointer from like the very get go. Like, holy fuck. And then by the end of it, it's like, Oh, Jeebus. Like, wow. (laughs) It's one of those games that's an absolute roller coaster the first time, and you almost want to do a second playthrough just because now you're in, now you're you're onto what's going on. Yeah. When did it start? Yeah. It's, it's really, really good. Like current, I think it's been, it's been pulled up from Steam. You can still get it on GOG and currently it's six bucks. So get it. Just get it. Like yeah, six bucks. That's a that's a coffee. That's I don't even know if that's a large coffee anymore. I think they're like seven bucks now. I tend to make coffee at home, so. But 
it's a fucking coffee for an awesome game that'll take several hours of your time. And once you finish it... You'll want to play it again just to go, yeah. what the fuck just happened? And when you do play it again, you'll look at the story and go, oh, like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> it, it, I find it's so, like, I'm annoyed this thing's going away, but, like, it's a great excuse to get everyone to play it again. Yeah, freaking oath. It would not surprise me if, if it spikes a little on, like, Twitch. The, the, this um, would be the time for for 2K games to come out with a an, an update. Like, a yeah, just a, a re-release, a, a 4K update, just to fucking throw some new text out there, change change the audio, throw it back out there, because goddamn, so yeah. good. Yeah, I don't think I've ever played any game that's quite like Spec Ops. Yeah. So the, I mean, in its totality, I've played plenty of third person. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the specific like songs that are being pinged are Jimi Hendrix's version of the Star Spangled Banner, which is the in the game soundtrack, and uh, the Van Vandellas Nowhere to Run. They're the two songs that have really been pinged for it. Which unfortunately, that's all it takes. Yeah, but Hendrix's version of the Star Spangled Banner is fucking awesome on the guitar. Like, yeah, god damn, <laughs> like. That's a vibe in itself. See, like when you hear stuff like that, it's like, damn right, Americans are patriotic. Listen to this. Oh, fucking, fucking oath! Like when you get one of the greatest guitarists of all times just to sit there and riff out the tunes, like, let's go fight a war, motherfucker! I smell oil. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly since this oh, is set in Dubai, I believe it is. So, yeah, yeah, I do believe. It smells it. like oil. Um, hmm. See, unfortunately, like, everyone getting in the chopper and flying out, all I hear is that, what's that, uh, Fortunate Son? Yeah, Creedence, Fortunate Son. Um, because, like, it's in every Vietnam movie. Oh, yeah. And it's such a good song. God damn. It is. I love me some Creedence. All right, shall we move on to the next one? Yep. Just going to say it again. Buy it. Play that game. Absolutely. Don't look it up. Yeah. Just Do not look it don't up, look up any plot points. Just go to GOG now, buy it, enjoy it, love it, and then recommend it to everyone else to go buy it, play it, and enjoy it. Maybe tell GOG that we sent you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if there's any form of comment, just say, Tangenetic sent me. <laughs> Man, I would laugh so hard if, like, tomorrow, well, after this goes live, like, the day after I log into GOG, go to the review section, and it's just a whole bunch of reviews. Let's start with Tangenetic sent me. Yeah. <laughs> that would make me cackle quite a lot. Um, so, next up, Activision's Call of Duty general manager is taking over as president of Blizzard. To me, this just screams that more games that weren't as monetized before are about to be a lot more fucking monetized. Maybe. Maybe. Though, um, I also just seen... Um, They've just added the the first Diablo and the first Warcraft game onto the Blizzard launcher or whatever the hell it is. Apparently, they were on there a while ago and then they were removed and it just recently added back to it. So, hopefully, they don't get added back with fucking microtransactions. Well, if they do, don't worry. You can buy both of them on GOG. Do that. Go to GOG. (laughs) Yeah, you can buy Diablo 1 and Warcraft. I think you can buy Warcraft 2 as well. Yeah. Um, on GOG. So if Blizzard decides to monetize the bejesus out of it, 
Don't worry. There's a place you can get it non-monetized. So, I, I bought them years ago in the old uh, battle chests. Do you remember those? The Blizzard yes. battle chests? Holy shit. Like, Hell yeah. Diablo 1 and 2 with a with a DLC for Diablo 2 and then the the Warcraft, uh, I think it might have been 1 and 2 and DLC for 2 as well. Yeah, 1, 2 and its expansion. Yeah. Like, holy fuck, they were good deals. Like, oh, amazing. Back when you're like, I don't have money. I have to beg a parent to get me games. Being able to walk up there and be like, for the price of one other game, I can get two and a half. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Two and a half amazing fucking games. Not just yeah. Not just one game and a piece of shit. Like, amazing games. Yeah. I mean, I did the same thing when I first bought Half-Life. Oh, yeah. Because I got the big thick box that was for the price of one game, get Half-Life, Opposing Force, TF2, and Counter-Strike in one go. See? And then ruined a chunk of my childhood playing fucking Counter-Strike. <laughs> See, I was in uh, rural New South Wales, so like it took us a long time <laughs> to get any form of internet connection. And we didn't have a whole lot of options for going out and buying games. Our local game shop had maybe three games in stock, and usually two of them were Battle Chests. And that was the only reason I bought them. Uh, so, like, my first option for a large game collection was the orange box when I was at fucking uni. And... I mean, good box. Oh, that's... More companies need to release boxes like that. Yeah. Particularly big companies like this. Yeah. Like, that's your time to experiment. Like, have something in there that people want. Like, people wanted Half-Life 2. But have your little experimental games. Like, well, this is fun, but we're not sure how it'll go. There's your portal. There's your, like, your TF2. Like, just throw it out yeah. there. There was, like, if I recall, Valve was like, yep, episode two is going to sell. That's fine. We don't know how well we're going to be able to sell TF2. So we'll just bundle it in. It's yeah. fine. And then we've got this little vestigial, like, you'll knock it out in, like, three hours. Fucking, Okay. Maybe people will like it. And then one could argue that Portal was the gem of the entire box, oh, yeah. not Half-Life. It, it became two. the reason to buy and not just the offshoot of like, oh, you got this too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And like, from there, we ended up like Portal 2, which is amazing. And then the, that recent Portal mod, which is just a whole nother yeah. level again. Like uh, Re- Revolution? I think it is. I couldn't remember if it was um, Revolution or Reloaded, so I wasn't actually going to say it. I was hoping you knew. <laughs> not Reloaded. I know it's not Reloaded. Um, I mean, we talked about it on a couple of podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that thing was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. On par with Portal minimum. Yeah, easily. Maybe not Portal 2, but Portal 1 with that question. Yeah. And God, it, I, I had such a brain aneurysm trying to play that fucking game. Oh, yeah. So much of it is really complicated, but really simple. Yeah. yeah. Or you start to overcomplicate in your head and it's like, oh, why absolutely. the fuck is this not working? And then you see the like, but what if I just send it over there? And it just clicks. It's like, okay, it wasn't working because I'm a dumbass. That's, that's the sole reason. Yeah. There's so many of their puzzles are like, I don't know, maybe 80, maybe even 90% solvable wrong yeah and then you're like why can't i get that last 10 percent? oh because i haven't put all the pieces in the right place i've gone down a completely wrong path it's 
like when I was talking to you about it a while ago, there was one map that we're both on at the time and I hadn't yeah. solved it. And I jumped back in and I thought, right, now I'm going to figure this out. And it turns out I had actually solved it. I just didn't go to the end point and fire the last friggin' portal to say, ah! okay, it's over now. Like, God fucking damn. I thought, right, I'll go That's to the end. Maybe great. I'm missing something. It's like, I'll just shoot this portal. God damn it opened up. What the fuck? Uh, yes. I, I'm not going to lie. And until I went over to the end, end point of that room, I had no idea what I was trying to do. No. And then when I was like, oh, that's the, that's the end point. That's what I need to finish with. Got it. Yeah. But, like, you don't think to go to the end end until you're ready to go yeah. there. <laughs> but knowing what's over there is how you solve the fucking puzzle. Yeah. Ah. Uh, but that, to me, mean, shows how good a puzzle can be. Yeah, absolutely. And then other ones and yeah. where it's like, okay, I need to get here, but how the hell do I get that? And then it's just a little, like a three pixel slither where I can just see the wall I need to get to and I can shoot a portal there. It's like, oh, that's how I meant to do this. Like, if I didn't notice that, if I didn't have a good screen where I could see that three pixel slither, I'd be fucked right now. I didn't run into anything like that. I, I think did. I found a seam. Oh, maybe. I don't know. The, the one where the first uh, thing of the orange goo We had so maybe I did do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I you can see straight across the map, and there's like just a little white beam. It's like okay, I don't know if that's a pole or a wall, and you shoot it. It's like okay, well, there's a wall, handy. But yeah, I don't know. It's a good, really good game. Yeah, highly recommend that. But places like Ackwood should should do that sort of stuff again. Bundle Absolutely, a couple things together. Try um, some different I mean, things. Like, it doesn't all need to be COD. Just. Particularly once your stuff is done. Yeah. Like, the current run of uh, Call of Duty is finished. Yeah. Where's our bundle of COD 1, 2, 3? Friggin' Earth. Um, the you know, new Modern Warfare 1, 2, 3. And just give me the campaign. I don't want fucking Warzone. Just get rid of Warzone, I please. Want- Have that as a separate stream abate fucking yeah. thing. Just give me the campaign and the multiplayer maps. And that's all I want. I, I mean, I I've I know they'll never do it because that's not how it, it's technically not good business. But I would love it if they lowered the price if you just didn't want something. Yeah, say I want this it's portion like, of it want, and this portion of it, and that's it. Yeah, kind of a la carte your cod. That would be awesome. I would absolutely pay for you know just the campaign. I don't know. I don't know what a fair price is for that. Let's say 50 bucks. I pay 50 bucks for the campaign. Yeah. Maybe not for Modern Warfare 3, but no. Generally, I'd pay about 50 bucks for a decent campaign with the kind of production value that COD generally brings to the table. But, you know, I'd rather you cut out the extra 120, you know, 70 bucks I got to play for the multiplayer I'm never going to touch. Yeah. I don't play COD multiplayer, so I don't want it. I like it to turn my brain off while I've got like a TV show playing or I'm listening to a book. It's just something dumb to turn my brain off and do. Um, But I think that's one of the the better things that Halo Infinite did. You got the multiplayer for free. If you wanted the campaign, it was a $40 DLC. Yeah. 
that's a fucking great way of doing it. And while I might have some problems with Infinite's campaign, can't argue with that price. Fucking oath. Like it's it that's obviously has some bad. shit cut out of it. It's obviously like not exactly what they wanted to do. They've cut that down massively. But it's fun. It's entertaining. And if you want to play the multiplayer, it's there. Yeah. And I did play a bit of the multiplayer because it didn't pressure me to do it. Yeah. It's just, it was free. It was there. And if you want to buy cosmetics and shit, go for gold. And some of the custom maps people put uh, put out there were just like... The the Forge is fucking amazing. That is like what some people have done with it is fucking brilliant. I'm not actually talking about Forge. Um, they added in like lots of mutator things you could alter about the game. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you could go like high speed, like high gravity. So no one can jump, but everyone's running around like the Flash. <laughs> um, you know, dumb shit like that. Or like hammers only. So everyone's got to grab hammer. Yeah. But like even with the Forge, like people made Pokemon battles with it. Oh, yeah. We get the Covenant to fight each other. That's just fucking gold. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great deal in itself, but I don't know how this is going to go with all of Blizzard now being run by someone who's very, like had the mindset of what Call of Duty's done for the last few years. Like you can already see that with Diablo. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I've not touched that since I've played it. No, me neither. I played when it first came out and I stopped when the first season dropped and it's still installed, but I'm uncertain if I'll ever play it again. I've heard the current seasons are pretty good, but I I just don't care enough. I already felt like I got burned. Yeah. And someone's being like, okay, cool, cool. I understand that you've been burned, but we're not burning people anymore. So Yeah, but you burnt me. Yeah, like, I've still got scar tissue, motherfucker. I've been burned. Yeah. Just because you're not burning other people doesn't mean I'm okay with it. No. So yeah, I, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, um, I'll be curious to see what the next couple of like. I'm curious what the next Call of Duty release is going to be because now that they're out of Warzone, I'd like them to go back to the like Advanced Warfare and like the the space one they did. I fucking love that. Mm. That was gold. <laughs> it was just a very uh, different direction. Warfare? Yeah, Infinite because Advanced was where they first brought in jump packs and then. Infinite was yeah. where they went to Mars, which I fucking loved. I really enjoyed that one. I think, I think the biggest problem, like, I think Advanced, if you've never played Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, go play it. It's actually, it, it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, I think that's the one with that celebrity no one likes anymore. You know? Kevin Spacey. Um, that's it. Um. He plays a great character in it. And yeah. He's a douchebag. So you do get to kill him, so. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. Like, the story's solid. I love the way they try it. I mean, it has the infamous push X to pay oh, respects yeah. thing. Yeah. Pa- F, um, F for respects, if you're on F PC. Yeah. Um, for that alone, go play it to see where the meme came from. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, if you don't know where F in the chat comes from, that's where it's from. Yeah, like... Go, um, go learn a bit of meme history and play a decent campaign at the same time. Yeah, it's actually really solid. The gunplay is great. All the weird weapons are fun. Yeah, it's an amazing time. Would highly recommend go play Advanced Warfare if you didn't. My problem with Infinite Warfare is I don't think they took advantage of the space 
that. No, there's only like one mission where you actually fly a little ship around and blow stuff up. There's one main mission. You can do a bunch of side missions with yeah. it, but they're not that great. No. They definitely feel like side content. And there's only one mission I think takes full advantage of the we're in space mechanics, which is that one on the asteroid that's flipping over. Yeah. And going light, dark, light, dark. And the robots can only move when the light's on. Yeah. When you're on the light side. So, that, you know, there's this mad dash to get past all the robots while it's dark and they can't move and then hold out while they can. Like, that was a cool idea. Yeah, fucking executed Earth. marvelously. And then they, but I think it was... And then went back to normal. He's a bad guy. Shoot him. Yeah. So it kind of just... It doesn't feel like it took full advantage of the the chance, the thing they did with by putting it in space. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, the first uh, mission you do, you're, you're, like, orbital dropping onto Europa. Yeah. And it's like, that's pretty dope. You get the whole big shot of the ice field as you're going down, and then you do the cloud layer, which is mostly there just to cover a load screen. And then you're in a canyon, and it's just normal Call of Duty again. Yeah. It's like, where did that little bit of optimism of orbital drop onto a planet go? Yeah. But I personally quite liked it. I liked the characters. Uh, the robot was great. I loved him. Yeah. Um, I liked the way they drew out the, like, one of the big things in the game is um, the main character doesn't like letting anyone die. And he makes a big choice late in the game that ends up screwing everybody over because he doesn't want to let them die all at once. So for the rest of the game, he has to watch them die one by one by one because he wouldn't let it all happen in one go. Like, that's some solid shit writing right there. They're like, and each of those characters that dies, if you watch the credits after, each of those characters has a letter that they wrote back to their family, and then it reads them out through the credits. And it's a gut punch. Some of those are like, motherfucker, I just played Call of Duty. I just shot all these things. I don't need a gut punch like this. Get fucked. (laughs) And of course, because it's the credit sequence, it's not like, where's the level where I get to shoot some stuff so I can feel okay? Yeah, it's just it's like, over. no, no, you need to you sit, sit through with this. this. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was probably the, the most emotional gut punch that Call of Duty's ever had for me. I, I fucking really enjoyed that. Yeah, I think the only other time I was that surprised by a Call of Duty game, and I think pretty much everyone was, was back in. OG Modern Warfare when you fail and you get... Oh, yeah. Yeah. You die from radiation. It's like, holy shit. Then they tried to have, like, a similar impact with no rush in it, but just it wasn't the same. They've been chasing the high of that scene since they did it. Yeah. Every time you see Call of Duty do a big shocking scene, it's just them trying to recapture that. Yeah. That's it. That's all they're trying to do. Unfortunately... You got lightning in the bottle the first time. Yeah. Yeah, and then you broke the bottle trying to monetize it, and you can't do it again. No. Um, okay, shall we move on to our next thing? Yep. So uh, Elon Musk's neural link is starting to go into human... Well, they're trying to solicit people for human trials. The, the first human has been implanted. It happened one week ago, and they're currently doing trials. Haven't released any results as of yet. But it's mainly for people that are, uh, I think, quadriplegic to 
see if they can use brainwaves to move artificial limbs and stuff around them, which in theory is a great thing, but like, it just feels icky. <laughs> I think it feels particularly like I probably wouldn't be that bothered if like, actually I can't think of a company off the top of my head who would design something like this, but no. would also be good with it, but it's fucking, it's Musk. All I'm imagining is them identifying what brainwaves mean and then harvesting your brainwaves. Oh, yeah. Cool, you can move this artificial limb, but we know when you're craving McDonald's. <laughs> I'm waiting for the first like first one to get hacked and it's just your whole vision is just full of Rickrolls. <laughs> like, or I'm waiting I've for... I've got this song in my head and it won't stop. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> or I'm waiting for Neuralink to... <laughs> Change his name to Arasaka if you play Cyber- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cyberpunk. Or like and the first one of these is um Oh, what was the call? They actually named the first uh iteration of it and it was uh telepathy or something like that. Yeah. Which is like really it's a little on the nose there. Like at least wait a few yeah. iterations in before you start throwing names around. But yeah, I a cyberpunk future's got to start somewhere. Someone's got to have the first few fuck ups and celebrations. So yeah, but we can have a cyberpunk infused future without the dystopia. Yeah, but like all the 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 coolest thing about cyberpunk is the like the implants, the body mods, the being able to do the shit. Oh yeah. So it's got to start somewhere. Trust me. I'm a hundred percent on by on board for replace the flesh. Oh yeah, with metal. I will join the cult mechanicus right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, though I am waiting for the first test subject to go cyber psycho. I know, right? <laughs> maybe they'll know what his brainwaves were doing at the time. Maybe, maybe. So like, okay, we don't send those kinds of advertisements. <laughs> well, I mean, like there, there, there's a kind of a terrifying implication there because, like, imagine down the road you figure out like okay if we if these brainwaves happen someone goes fucking ballistic imagine if you've got military people with these oh yeah and you're just like cool we just need them to kill everybody right now just psycho them yeah just like okay there's an opposing army let's send them all cyber psycho they kill each other and be done with it yeah that's fucking, it's yeah it's a little bit terrifying fucking oath it is like and an air raid siren the bombs are about to drop Except it's everyone going psycho. It's yeah. like literally the Kingsman, like that scene of the Kingsman yeah. towards the end of it. The one in the church. Yeah, well, the church or the the scene where like they've already sent the signal out and it's going worldwide oh, yeah, on the yeah, beach. Yeah. It's fucking everywhere. So hmm, we'll see. We want to get on to fun bio news. Always. So. The, the, the eternal question of can it run Doom has been answered in many, many, many ways. The last one I remember pertinently noticing was someone getting getting Doom running on a pregnancy test. Yeah. Which is like, really? Well, now we can uh, run Doom on your gut biome. Biological Doom. Oh. What, uh, for, uh, the thing I love is this wasn't like something they'd already set up and they just like run doom on it 
this was a student's final project was getting doomed to run on um on uh cells oh, fuck what did she call it she had this really great name for the project while you're looking that up all i can think of is like uh, you're about to go on a first date and you got do you have butterflies in your stomach? No, I have doom. I feel hard. This date will go well. I will kill many demons. <laughs> uh, the project was called One Bit Pixel Encoded in E. coli for the display of interactive digital media. <laughs> or can it run doom? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they set up a custom screen and bred bacteria onto it. Generally, the kind of bacteria you get in Ninka. Um, and they have a, a bioluminescent property to them. So essentially, the on and off of a screen. So they took a screenshot of Doom, black and white it, and then compressed it so that it would fit on the display. And then, yeah, they can render shot the, the video from Doom on it. <laughs> they calculated it because it has a terrible refresh rate it takes about 70 minutes to get to peak image quality and then over eight hours to reset back to black <laughs> so if you take the uh what is it doom runs at 35 frames a second average playthrough of doom is about five hours it would take you over 600 years to play a game of doom utilizing this as a screen but it runs doom it runs doom. Time doesn't matter as long as it runs doom. Like pretty much. I I sincerely believe like the the discovery to open portals to other dimensions or the ether or anything else will solely be because someone is trying to find another place to run doom. They'll open up the doom dimension, and that's only because they want to run doom on a dimension. That will be the whole soul of it. Eventually, that'll be that'll be the collapse of this universe. It'll just be a doom screen, the loading screen at the end. See, now I'm all imagining someone doing some like crazy pentagamic demon summoning, and then a little portal opens, and then just the doom menu appears. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's this? Oh god. Though <laughs> so, that could be worrying because. We could be the doom, we could be the demons for the Doom Portals Doom guy. <laughs> True. True. <sighs> well, do we want to get into our last thing for this episode? May as well. So, uh, as slightly foreshadowed earlier in the episode, it's been quiet weeks. So we don't really have any real real thin on the ground because <laughs> pretty much all the news right now is like Palmon. And we already talked about that last week. Um, side note, it's still going juggernaut. Um, it's still going juggernaut, but goddamn, I've lost interest in it. Oh, same here. I, and I get the feeling a lot of people will lose interest next month because there's something coming out that I think will uh, absolutely draw everyone away from Powell. Which is? Uh, you'll have to watch the Tangenetic Might Play episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, beating people to our other show. <laughs> Segways. <laughs> Watch our so, other uh, shit, please. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we figured we'd go through, like, as you know, we do a book every month. And while we won't be talking about this month's book, although Dead Tired is quite good. It um, is. 
Except one character just annoys me. But to each their own. That's fair. Uh, we figured we'd uh, dive into our back uh, logs of books we've finished and uh, maybe give you a few recommendations, talk about some books that may have been good but shat the bed. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, good. So uh, I've got plenty of them. Uh, yeah. Or do you have any queued up that you'd like to talk about? Um, I, I've listened to some of the, the major lit up. I, I mainly listen to lit RPGs. I'm severely hooked on this genre. And I've got other books and genres in the back wings, but I haven't had a chance to go back to them. Other than, unless we're doing them for a, a book of the month, I don't tend to step far out of lit RPGs lately. So, like, I've hit some of the the major points. If someone says, "Oh, have you heard of a lit RPG?" the the primary books they're going to recommend your your Dungeon Crawler, Carl's, your Primal Hunters, your Defiance of the Fall. Oh, wandering is, in, wandering in. Actually, I've got that, but I haven't listened to it because the first book is eighty fucking hours. Yeah, it's a okay. massive one, and there's like twenty <laughs> something books in the series, and they are all about that long. They are massive Damn, books, son. and majority of it is slice of life lit RPG. So not I a lot of read them, but I have been recommended them. Yeah, I've got the first one there and it's sitting in my back catalogue for when I literally have nothing else to read because it will burn some time on me. See, and here I was being like, oh, you've got a big car trip coming up. Maybe you should read some more of Saga of Seven Sons. <laughs> yeah, a big car trip. That's an eight-hour drive to Adelaide from here. Like, that won't even get through three chapters, some of the shit I got here. <laughs> Um, yeah, you were saying, um, yeah, or some of like the, the primary ones, like the, the primal hunter is very much like primary character gives zero fucks about the universe. I'm going to do my thing and everything else either fall in line behind me or do its own thing. I'd highly recommend this. If you like a really overpowered character that is entertaining and, the world is just going to happen around them and they will do their own thing regardless. The rest can go and get fucked or die in front of it. It is really good. Particularly like I like, I did a lot of archery when I was a kid. I still quite like archery and the main main character runs, uh, is an alchemist with a bow. And so it's very much stabby poison from a long fucking way away. I enjoy it. Yeah. It's probably my highlight character. Outside of uh, He Who Fights in Monsters, which I absolutely love, but the last oh, yeah. book, I don't know, sort of tapered off a little bit for me, but this I've thoroughly enjoyed. I get the feeling the, the last um, He Who Fights in Monsters is trying to... I mean, that was a lot of setup. Yeah. Um, they spent a lot of time trying to talk about like what is supposed to come next that Jason doesn't know. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it wasn't bad, but it is definitely a... All right, we're we're pumping the brakes a little bit. We're slowing things down again. I I'm still keen to read the next one, but like it's definitely the last book was definitely a you know slow it down. I wish there'd been another book to move straight into. Yeah, though I it's I don't think he fights and monsters was ever written with an endpoint. It was just I've got a story. I'm going to throw it out there, and now they're trying to find an endpoint. Yeah. Definitely. And so, and yeah. I'm curious I how really they're going to end hope, it. But. I hope he does. 
because yeah. I don't want to have another 10 realm. Yeah. And I've enjoyed he fights with monsters too much for it to fucking 10 realms at the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like, it's cool because a lot of these books started on Royal Road and things like that. And that's a, a great opportunity for, for writers to be able to throw it out there for people to get an audience, which is fucking awesome. But a majority of them are short stories that aren't thought beyond their short story or their yeah. first story. Like, how many books down the road are you going to have an endpoint? You obviously don't have, like, if you're going to have 11 books, you don't have an overarching plot for each book. You might have an overarching story, yeah. but you need to have hit those points. This has had, like, a fast burn uh, taper off, fast burn taper off. And, yeah, there's got to be a round yeah. out to have a satisfying-ish ending without just, like, mm. what the fuck? Like, goddamn. I mean, I was honestly surprised that the books continued after. Um, I mean, this isn't even, like, current books, so it's a little while ago, so minor spoilers for, like, middle of the story. Uh, once Jason defeated the Builder. Yeah. It was like, cool. He beat the god who hated him. Yeah. But that god still exists and is still there. He's just, he's got an AVO out on him. He can't go near him. Yeah. It's it's just it's odd. Like I said, I still thoroughly enjoy the character and the shenanigans he gets yeah. to because the characters are amazingly written. But it, it's got to end. It absolutely but has to end. It also got hard. Like after I think the, I think it was the second or third book where he got his final power. Like oh, he hasn't yeah. had a whole lot of actual character growth. Like he's had a lot of personal and like a buildup of power in himself, but the abilities he has haven't changed. Yeah. No, they haven't. It's been quite annoying. Yeah. It's like, there's no, like or, things um, are happening, but nothing's really happening with him. It's just like his whole soul realm was growing. I didn't start reading the books for a fucking soul realm. I started reading the books because he could do all this weird shit with dark. Like yeah. he's a nice guy with evil ish powers. Like, God damn, that's weird. Hmm. Um, and a lot of the things that have changed him lately have been very exter external. Yeah. They're not actually him getting better or growing. It's, oh, hey, someone gave me this random dumb thing. I'm going to touch it. Oh, wait, that dumb thing did something to me. Oh, no. Yeah. Now I'm slightly more powerful, a little more broken. Okay. Next yeah. thing. Yeah. Like I, I said, still excited for the next book, but. Yeah. Like, I was. I was at least expect like I think he's in silver rank at the moment. I was at least expecting him to hit gold rank in this book, if not this book, yeah. very early in the next book. Like if it goes yeah, to the next one and he's still silver rank, I it'll probably get added to my back catalog of books to get to when I get to them. That's pretty fair, actually. I would not blame you in the slightest. Um, I mean, like I've read a lot of very. Like, I tend to ping around pretty heavily amongst sorts of books I read. Um, some authors I've, you know, waxed and waned with. Like, I used to read a lot of books by Matthew Riley, um, Australian author. I generally considered them, like, uh, what is it, um, popcorn military books. Yep. Um, a lot of them have a military edge to them, but it's like, oh, this is so fanciful. Like, it's, yeah. it's not I, how I'm... I read a lot of uh, space popcorn military. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And I mean, like, he did this one series called Jack West, and the first book in it, Seven Ancient Wonders, is really good. I would actually recommend reading that one. Um, it's a globetrotting pulp adventure. It's just fun. But as they tried to weave a bigger and bigger plot into the setting, it really kind of went downhill, and, like, the last book was just like, are you fucking even trying anymore? Um, which really surprised the shit out of me, because it was like, your previous books, well, never the most amazingly written thing. They generally had at least a baseline of quality, and then that one was just like, quality fell out the ass. Yeah. Um, Apparently one of those is already in my library, and I didn't even know that I had it. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I don't hate the books. It's just like, no, you, you didn't have to do all this weird world building that turns everything into a multinational conspiracy. It's not really helping the story. Uh, there was one series I really liked uh, called... Uh, the first book's called Feed. It's from the Newsflash trilogy. It's a, a young adult series. Uh, essentially, you know, zombie apocalypse happened. It's a thing. Um, at which point you have two different kinds of um, uh, people uh, really thriving in this setting. Um, there's the people who report on all the zombies and stuff. You know, sort of newsy people. And you have what they call... I love it. They call them Irwins. Which are people who go out and poke the zombies for funsies <laughs> to see what happens. Ah, oh, that's a perfect uh, name for it. I know, right? <laughs> the, f the, the whole... The first book, I think, is the best one. And it follows these two kids. Um, I can't remember their names. Uh, the uh, brother and sister. The brother's an Irwin and the other girl's a, a Newsy. And they get... Uh, they're, they're essentially roped into following the president on his uh, publicity campaign because you're hip kids. We need more hip kids to be into politics. <laughs> so it's actually this kind of weird, interesting book about like backstabbing in politics, but about zombies. <laughs> it's actually really well written. The follow-on two books aren't bad, but they just sort of focus on zombies as an apocalypse thing. Whereas that first one's weird angle of politics with zombies, I found more interesting. <laughs> um, but it's actually not a bad series. Um, I actually think the other series that that author wrote was a lot less good. Um, the author was Maria Grant. She wrote this other series called uh parasitology which is essentially a company creates a what is basically a designer tapeworm um and it can like help clear your blood and shit and oh shit something happens with a character and maybe they are the tapeworm and not the person <laughs> it's like it's it's okay it's just not like you can pick every twist in the story before it happens um but that's not inherently bad. And again, it's still young adult fiction. It's not like, oh yes, this is designed to be analyzed nine different ways by your English lit te teacher about why the curtains are blue. <laughs> when, the, um, when the author just said, I want blue curtains. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've always found the uh, Magitek Chronicles are a pretty fun read. Essentially take your generic sci-fi setting add magic, and what they're fight fighting are space dragons. <laughs> I might actually have a look at that one. Magitech Chronicles. It's, 
uh, first book is called Tech Mage. Uh, you can get it as Magitech Chronicles Omnibus, 13 volumes of epic space fantasy, books 1 to 13, for a single credit on Audible. 108 hours. Uh, thank you very much. I, I started reading those back when you could only get the first three books. <laughs> so, go on, get the Omnibus. It's not going to be that bad. One I credit, just it's did. Worth it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like their guns, they have like spell weaving on them and like depending on what magic you can channel through it, it'll change the way the gun works. Um, yeah, not a bad series. But you know, it's a bit different. Um, a series I think you might like, Jondo, have you ever read the uh, Blue Wolf? Blue Wolf, it sounds familiar. Uh, so essentially... Uh, dude's doing operations and I think it's Afghanistan. Yes, you just gave me the, you just recommended me the first book of that a little while ago. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I listened to the first one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that whole series is just, it's really fun. Essentially, a dude gets cursed into becoming the blue wolf, which is this protector creature. Essentially, he's a big blue werewolf, <laughs> but always in wolf form. And he ends up running a special ops unit of all, like, magically powered people. And they go do special ops stuff. It's pretty fun. I quite liked it. Um, I'm not quite as big a fan of the tie-in franchise, which is Croft Croft. Um, apparently it's very popular, but to me it comes across as we have Dresden Files at home. <laughs> it's just another mage urban fantasy thing. With the, you know, the character Propcroft is generally kind of on the outs with the magic society because he's a fucking rebel and he does what he wants. There, there are, like I said, there's five books of the Propcroft series. Like there's one prequel and then four primary books. So there's five yeah. in the series. As part um, of a, a strange verse, they're trying to set up their own little universe of stories. Yeah. Like I said, I don't mind. Uh, there's more than five books, dude. There's okay. I was just looking at the the Blue Wolf series list on Audible, and they just had five of the Prof Cross series on listed uh, in that. I just opened the I just opened the actual Prof Croft um, section, and yeah, apparently there's twelve books in the series at this point. Okay. <laughs> um, like I said, they're apparently quite popular. Um, I just think Dresden's better. But that's me. But then I also like um, fucking Ghost and Magic, which is about a dude who's a necromancer. But to do necromancy in that setting, you have to be dying. Because <laughs> <laughs> to command death, you must be close to death. Um, I'll never stop trying to get people to read um, The Circle of Magic. I think that series is absolutely peerless. If you think Harry Potter's a good version of kids in a school... Uh, don't. It's not. Read Circle of Magic. It's significantly better. Um, that's my take, though. There you go. There's my hot book take. Fuck Circle Harry of Potter Magic. I was, trying to, I was trying to look it up on Audible now. I don't I think the, I'd actually heard of that. It's in a really good series. Um, I, I will admit, I tend to read a lot of young adult fiction. Um, Me too. I tend to find a lot of weird experiments happen in there. Um, the thing I really like about the Circle of Magic is actually uh, 
they're split into sets, but there's three sets of four. So you have the Circle of Magic, the Circle Opens, and the Circle Reforged. And they talk about the four main characters at different stages in their life. So the Circle of Magic is them in school, learning how to... Because they have what they call wild magic. It's not spells learnt from a book. You inherently have some kind of affinity. Um, So the first set is them in school, learning how to use their powers. The Circle Opens is them leaving the school and going out on their own and then finding their own students and becoming teachers. And then uh, the Circle Reforged is them coming back together again and seeing how they do and don't gel anymore because now they're adults with their own lives and they've had students and things have changed. One of them went to war. Um, Yeah, it's a really good series. would highly recommend. Actually, I would recommend pretty much anything by Tamara Pierce. She's written some fantastic books. Um, I don't know if they have on Audible. Let me check before I... Um, yes, they do. They have the um, the Song of the Lioness. Um, really, Song of the Lioness is a really good set of books too. Um, the... Wait, no, this is pre-order. Is it Song of the Lioness? I just want it was Song of the Lioness. Or maybe they're just not on Audible yet. Um... They're a really good set of books. They, uh, essentially, uh, medieval setting, uh, girl wants to go to night school, but of course she can't because she's a girl and knights are all men. Uh, so she just sneaks in and, and becomes a knight. And it's a really well-written set of books that have a character who remain, retains her femininity, but is a strong protagonist. It's really well-written. Um, on a different, like, one of the, like, listen to a lot of RPGs, you don't really get different genres, whether they're, it's an apocalypse, so end of the world, and here's your system, you get transported to a new place, and here's your system, or it's a, a VR, and, like, you're playing a game, and here's your system, and the VR ones usually were my least favorite, like, just because it doesn't feel like there's any stakes, you're literally yeah. just playing a video game, and then, oh no, something bad's happened, I'll just log off, okay. Like, but one of the few I've actually found that is in the VR genre that I've actually enjoyed and continue to listen to is Awaken Online. Because um, okay. the, the character, like, uh, interacts with the AI that's controlling the game, but as it progresses, it becomes more and more obvious that the AI that's controlling the game is affecting him personally. So they're not certain if it's changing, like actually uploading part of itself into him or using his connection to upload itself to the outside world or how it's changing him. But it, yeah, it's really good. So it feels like there's actual stakes. So the, the main character while he's in the game, someone breaks into his place in and to steal all his stuff and says, Oh, he's got a really fancy VR helmet. What if he was no longer living and we just took that helmet and uh, he wakes up to, holding a knife and two dead bodies that have been really fucked up that he doesn't know how it's happened. And he's trying to like, because his AI is like, it's a, it's an entity that he can recognize as being a, a person you could talk to like an actual being. Um, but it's been locked within a very confined space and only fed very specific materials 
that it wants to learn more, wants to be more than it is. And suddenly it's not just moved him, but a very violent act that now he can't really explain without, for one, it'll end up with him being locked in a cell, but also a whole host of other regulatory things that are going to happen, like just changes within the world. It's really good that actually feels like it has an impact outside of the the VR game setting. And actually, yeah. yeah. So between the two stories being told of outside and inside, it's really fucking good. And he's also a necromancer that requires like, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if quite a few of the ones I've read lately have been necromancers. I've really enjoyed them. But yeah, 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 it's really good. So Awaken Online, I think I'm like six books in and like every second book, they do like a a point of view. They do a book of a, a, a different character that you've either just encountered in the main books or just about to encounter. And they do a book of their story of where they're at and then how they come to meet the, the main character and then it progresses on with the story. It's really, really good. Definitely have to check that out. Um. I definitely recommend, um, I mean, technically I'd recommend two books within the Warhammer 40k stuff. One of them, I think people would have more trouble reading if they don't know the setting, which is, uh, the infinite and the divine, which is two Necron overlords having a, something like 10,000 year fucking squabble. (laughs) Um, although it does feature easily one of the best characters from, 40k, which is Trace in the Infinite, who's Necron, who's basically just collects things and then puts it in a museum. Now, what he collects could be anything from a flower, or, or that battalion over there looks pretty nice. I'm going to just take all of those guys. <laughs> One of my favorite things is he was trying to set up a diorama of a battle, but he didn't have anyone from the battle. So what he did... He went and grabbed a bunch of people, then made little costumes for them and dressed them all up in correct costuming so that he could then make this diorama. (laughs) Praise the Infinite is hands down one of my favorite 40k characters. And that book's about him and his rival, um, Arakan the Diviner, um, who's, uh, he can manipulate time. So he can move backward in time. Um... They actually have a courtroom scene where Trazen's like pretty much trouncing Orokin every time. Except Orokin keeps going back in time and doing the scene again until he wins. <laughs> but that one's a little like you kind of got to know who the Necrons are and what their whole fucking deal is. I would actually recommend people, if you want something that's really silly but needs a little less getting into for like lore... There's this series called uh, The Chronicles of Cyphus Kane. Uh, essentially, he's a Imperial Guard commander who just he doesn't want a part of it. He doesn't want to do anything heroic. He just wants to run the fuck away. But every time he does, he basically stumbles into like the most important thing you could be doing in the battle. So there's one bit where he's in a, a city. And he's just out in the in the streets, and he gets the call. You know, people are attacking. Everyone to the to the main beachhead so we can defend. And he's like, ah, perfect time to slink away. No one will see me leaving in this chaos. Heads for the back gate, and just happens to find the secret offensive that was coming up the back. <laughs> and now everyone's like, oh man, 
Cyphus Kane knew they were coming and was heroically going to defeat them. <laughs> Whereas the dude's basically a coward and just doesn't want to fucking do this shit. Uh, sounds like uh, Rincewind from Discworld. Yes, that would actually be a good comparison. Um, so yeah, those books are really good. There's a whole bunch of them. They're a pretty light read. And yeah, it's basically just Cyphus Kane failing up. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I've never really Hell, gotten into the Warhammer series. I've looked at it going, holy shit, this looks really interesting, but... God damn, there is so much. Oh, there is. That's why I don't tend to recommend 40k stuff. I've read a bunch. And some of it can be really good if you're into it. Um, I still think the Eisenhorn books are really good. Um, they're about an Inquisitor and one of the most well-known ones for the setting. Um, he's pretty cool. Um, there's some about the Arbides, which are just general police, but in 40k, so shit's fucked. <laughs> um... And I've read a lot more of the dry novels about Space Marines and stuff as well. But, yeah, the, it, it's it's one of those book things where it's like, if you don't really want to read 40k, don't. Just don't. But, I would say, if there was anything, if you were going to lightly dip your toe in, I would say Cypher's Cane would be the, the best vector for that sort of thing. I don't know, when I looked at like first time I looked at 40k's I looked at all like the the factions and all that and I always liked the the look of of the feel of the the Tau Empire in it but then yep. the more I looked in it was like okay there's I couldn't find a whole lot more about it other than like I seen the models and this kind of stuff I couldn't find a whole lot of stories or stuff from their specific perspective of it fortunately their um their write-ups really haven't started until recently um, they've been getting a lot of, more love lately, mostly because they seem to be canonizing a bit of a fan theory, um, which was that the ruling class of the Tau, the Ethereals, might not be on the level. Um, they have a lot of... Uh, the weirdest thing about the Ethereals is they basically just show up places and just broker peace treaties. But, like, between people who are, like, imminently stabbing each other. <laughs> so it's like... How? How do you do this? Are you, like, psychically manipulating people? Like, what's the deal? Um, and then one of the new, one of the newer hero characters, Captain Farsight, um, broke away from the Tau entirely and created the Farsight Enclave, um, which seems to be like, no, we shouldn't be working with the Ethereals. That's not something we should do. Um, and they may actually have birthed a god. We're not sure. <laughs> Fair enough. But well, the, the Tau can't travel through the warp, which is the in-between shit where all the dark gods live. They bounce off it like a bubble. That's how they travel around. They finally punched a hole into the warp, and then a four-armed glowing di uh, giant appeared in the sky over their planet and then just put the ship back. <laughs> that no. doesn't line up with any known god. So people are like, did, did did the Tau just make a god happen? Like, what? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, when I looked at it, I was like, these are a really cool, like, faction. I'd, I'd like to know more about these. And then, like, okay, there's sort of yeah. not much here. Bugger. I just like the aesthetic they've got. Like, that 
it's almost like a, a high tech sort of aesthetic. Whereas Oh it is. I really didn't like the uh the aesthetic of the the human characters of it. Like the, the gothic setting. I really had no interest in that. Orcs just look like orcs. The Necrons were like, okay, well there's zombies and skeletons. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The tower resonated with me, yeah. but just couldn't find anything more of it. I- I love the description of how humanity met the Tau. Because the first time they came around, they found them and were like, okay, we're dealing with a bunch of fucking Tyranians over here, so we can't deal with you right now. We'll be back, though. Fuck you. Fuck it. They, they leave and they deal with the Tyranids. They come back. It's a, I think it's been something like 300 years. And they land and then just get fucking zotted from like 2Ks away. Because in that 300 years, the Tau just went, fine, we're going to make rail guns. They're going <laughs> to shoot your faces off. <laughs> so when the humans came back to beat the dick in at the Tau, they just got fucking murdered. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I made There's lots new, of fun stuff in 40k. I think it was uh, Dawn of War 2. <laughs> um, you had the option of playing as the Tau faction in that. It might have been the DLC for it. The expand alone. Uh, no, I think it, no, uh, I don't, no, two, you only played a space marine. It might've been the first, it might've been expand alone. Yeah. The first one had yeah, the, uh, the factions, one of the, yeah. And yeah, it was dark crusade in brought the tower. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that, but like each of the, the units are like hyper specialized, like they were really oh, yeah. good against this particular unit. If anything else comes along, they are fucked. It's like, oh yeah, god damn! Like you had to plan a hell of a lot like, more for these things. It's not like uh, with the space marines, where it's like death ball of space marines. We're good. Yeah, it's like throw them at the no, blender. No, this is like yeah. a highly specialized scalpel that can only cut one type of skin. But fuck me, does it cut? That. Oh yeah, cut that skin really well, but. <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm kind of re- like after this, it's like I think I got like one other book I can recommend, which is the Kaiju uh, Preservation Society, which basically figures out that Kaiju come from another dimension, and like high nuclear energy, like frays the barrier, and that's what lets Kaiju come through into our world. Okay, so like nukes literally brought Godzilla in from another world. That's pretty fucking or cool. Or a nuclear power plant going critical. Yeah. So yeah, that that's that's the kind of basics and like they're trying to well they they want to save the kaiju of course because yeah as far as they're like they're just animals they're not yeah they're just it, critters like that fell through a hole. Yeah, it's it's like oh it, it it'd be like if you turned on your microwave and then a bear appeared. Which would be funny as like, fuck. <laughs> you can't be too mad at the bear. The bear doesn't want to be here either. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a really good read. It's only one book too. It's like all the rest of the shit I think we've been talking about a tonight. Multiple and large series. series. Yeah. But Kaiju Preservation Society is just a one and done. And it's pretty fun. I would highly recommend that one. And then after that, it's like lit RPGs. Mostly... Once we've read, we've read as part yeah. of the show. Because <laughs> after that, it's like Ten Realms, and then uh, He Who Fights With Monsters, 
and then the two of those just pairing off depending on which one just came out um, they're like the Ten Realms is like the thing that kicked us off in the whole lit RPG oh, yeah. genre like without that we would probably would be doing a lot of the the book of the month stuff we've, we've been doing like we probably would have I would argue we'd have greater variety but oh probably these books yeah. are so fun I am I would be annoyed if we hadn't read them. Yeah. All because we had a bad experience with the first one. Yeah, if if we got recommended a shit lit RPG at the start, and it's like, god damn, and that just burned yeah. us on it, that really would have sucked, because there are some really good books and series out there. Yeah, because then I wouldn't have read He Fives the Monsters. I wouldn't have read he, uh, Stray Cat Strut. I wouldn't have read Land of the Undying Lord. Yeah. Um, these are all books that I genuinely love now, and... Look, look out for, like, their next releases. If we'd had a shit one at the start, never had to happen. We wouldn't yeah. read a single fucking one of them. Uh, Dungeon in the Clouds was such a great recontextualization of the concept. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. We, we'd have missed out on so many good books if we had had a shit one. And that's all it would have taken, really. Yeah. But... Like, and we have picked shit books since then. Like, we have done really bad monthly books. <laughs> I mean... We've we've only done two, arguably three, but we knew the third one was going to be trash. Yeah, but because we had the catch twenty two, which was just that was just uh, weird. And uh, last hacker. Yeah, and the other one was the fingerprints of the gods. Yeah, but we knew that was going to be trash yeah. going in. Like that was just a expected. We're still waiting for Swoosh's fail, but it'll yeah. happen. Motherfucker's still 100% hit rate. It can't be maintained. He's going to hit a failure at some point. Although, I just had a quick look because I knew there was supposed to be more coming out for it. <coughs> uh, unless he's... <coughs> oh, man. I've been talking too long without drinking anything. Oh, fuck. Ah, that's better. Um... We haven't actually had the follow-up book to The Last Hacker. Oh. How many follow-up books are there? No, we haven't had any. Oh, okay. Cool. Despite the fact that it was set up to be a follow-up, we never got one. Which... We, all, we, we kept talking about, like, maybe we'll check back later if he ever does <laughs> another one. Though, honestly, that's not a great disappointment. No. No, it's not. Because, you know, that book was trash. Feel free to go back and find the podcast where we talked about it, because we ripped it a new one. <laughs> uh, that uh, John Slazicki, uh, you said did the uh, Kaiju Preservation Society. Um, mm-hmm. He's also done quite a bit of uh, uh, space military stuff as well. Yeah, I, I didn't um, realize he'd done a few of the other books that I'd previously listened to. Yeah, it's, uh, Old Man's it's War is John really Scalzi. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Old Man Wars is fantastic. Absolutely one of my favorite um, books. I would also recommend the uh, the Interdependency. That's another really good set by him. But he does like really fun sci-fi. I really like Scalzi. Oh, and just because I bring it up anytime I talk about books, like, for love of Christ, read The Forever War. Yes. 
That is just like, that is my all-time favorite um, a piece of science fiction military writing. It is, it is just so fucking good. Not that I, and I will, I will point out right here. I have never read the follow-up books. I have not read Forever Peace or Forever Free, but the Forever War, fantastic. Absolutely one of the best pieces of fiction I've ever read. I mean, hell, it won a Hugo and a Nebula. <laughs> I think on that uh, final recommendation, I think we can round things out for this episode. I think so. All right, then. Y'all have a good one. See ya.